This is Phil Stamper, the president of wrestling, and you're watching the Three Count Podcast. And always remember to trust in Phil. Well, now, you guys have been with us for a while. You guys know what this means. We have a part two, or as I would like to think of in the college courses, 201. This is now Ancient Ring 201, and I am your host, Clifford Red Dog. Well, that's right, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. And just like in Nerd, now entering the ring, you can see that it's never about me, but it's about who's entering. And this man can be found literally everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> you can find this man at HWF, SCWA, IWTV, everywhere on IWTV. He is a booker. He is a ring announcer. He is a play-by-play. He is a worker. He is the man who has defeated Killian McMurphy numerous times. I don't care what anybody says. He has done it numerous times. So he is here. He is the president of wrestling himself, Phil Stamper. Well, hi, everybody. I'm I'm so hyped having you back, man. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> I'm uh, you know we we were talking we, we were talking about HWF, man, and it was just interesting to think back that like it's been two years now that I've started and like listening to you right and talk and talking with you about just like being mobile and just loose and just like learning the ropes and stuff like that. It's it's been incredible to kind of like be able to pick your brain. And kind of like see things from your perspective, and uh, you know, one I just want to say thank you first for just like taking me under your wing and, and teaching me the ropes. I mean, absolutely. It so it always bothers me when I've seen people do the opposite. Like, oh, there's somebody new. I don't need to. Why am I gonna muck? You know, mess with them? And it's like, because who knows how you're gonna interact with them in the future? Like, they're who you're gonna leave behind. They're the next person. Like, why not? Yeah, it's funny too, man, because I know like, well, and I didn't know this at the time that we did our first interview. So I found this out later that, you know, you, you had a pretty significant neck injury, but I still roll with you in the ring <laughs> and I don't care what anybody got to say, man, you are still very fluid <laughs> in the ring. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who's saying something else? Yeah. I'm just, I was, I was I'm like, saying. I don't know what. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what to expect. I was like, I don't know what's gonna happen. And next thing you know, it's like, you know, takedowns are happening, and I'm just like, oh, okay. So I gotta turn this up a notch. It's like, obviously, I can't just stay here and just <laughs> just play around. <laughs> but it's like the beauty of wrestling, man, is that something that you have like so much knowledge in the game. You know a lot of people, and then you made all these cool connections and stuff. And then getting to pick your brain and find out more stuff, like. Like with wrestlers like me, right? Like I had mentioned, right? Um, so like when you have that wrestler come through, like, and he tells you like, hey, like I've been in the business now for like two years. Like, what do you look for? Like, what's those things that you're like trying to pick out to establish whether they're like green, green or just like, you know, semi-green? <laughs> Certainly there's sort of, sort of an element of, of presence. You know, how are they coming off? Whether that's in the ring, in the locker room, as you talk with them. And I'm the person, I'm that person, like, I'll talk to anybody. Like, I'm not that hesitant or, like, who is this person? Like, I'll, oh, hey, how are you? And just engage in a conversation. And just some, sometimes just from reading the person, it's like, 
okay, I think I see where you're at. Like, even just in the basic conversation, even before I get to see their work, sometimes my brain's already like, oh, I know how this is going to work, and then that would be great. Other times, it's like, let me see. And other times, I'm like, okay, I got it. He's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Now let's see the, if the proof is in the pudding, as they say. You know, is is the evidence there as you see them compete into inside of a ring? Um, and I still think when somebody's two years in that they're still young, they're still learning, depending on where they've come from. And uh, and I and I said this to you the other day, like depending on where they've come from is one aspect of it and where they've been so far. But if you think about two years right now, we've been dealing with a pandemic for two years, so opportunities have been very different than what they used to be like. And, you know, there's been a lot more uh, studio events and there's been a lot more pre-taped stuff and, and the way crowds interact is, is slightly different. So it's like, OK, so this has been a very different two years. So it, it really is trying to come to find out, like, where this person might be at. I would hope that they're um, that they have gone well above the sort of basic level um, that they're at that next step or ready for that next step. Um, because sometimes when people find that they start off in their in their first two years, they haven't really necessarily left where they started. And sometimes they need to branch out more. I'm not saying leave the place they started, but just branch out more, start working with other people, different areas, take additional seminars with people that you've never interacted with or worked with before to keep learning. And that's something I learned as I went was you don't stop learning just because trading is done. Um, that you always are going back and training, you're always trying new stuff, that you're always working on things. And even as like I would work out with you or other people, it's like, oh, let me think about this and see if this works and how would I describe this to somebody because now it's a different mindset to get into when you teach somebody else too. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely eye-opening because I know like it, it's getting to a point now where like even my trainer is like, hey man, like, run these kids through their rolls and their bumps and then like teach them how to lock up. And I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, I trust you. You'll teach them. Right. He's like, you're good. And uh, it, it's weird to see like that responsibility get kind of put on, put on me. But then like what also makes it kind of unique too, is that like I get to teach it and I get to relearn it and remaster, I guess is the way I remaster, but just reeducate myself and like how, mm -hmm. how it works. And it, it's cool in that aspect. What makes it crazy, too, is just that I get people like you. They come over, we hang out, and we do a role session, and I get to pick your brain about it. And I don't know. It's, it's, and, I, and I hear what you're saying, too, about, like, this, the, the pandemic, obviously, like, changing the way people are. So you kind of hope that when someone says, yeah, I've been, I've been in business for, like, three years now, like, they have that pedigree to say they've been in three years because – you know, like you probably wrestled three times maybe in three years. And, right. you know, like, so it, I definitely understand that aspect of like, hey, like you've, you've only been in for, you've been in for this long, but you really haven't been. And I, I, I think I pride myself on that too, where like I've gone through and like, I never really stopped. I think I stopped for probably maybe a total of like 10 weeks. And that's because eight of those weeks was obviously the pandemic, right? And mm -hmm. then I can't even say that when I got injured and practice that I stopped training because like I still showed up every yeah. week just to take mental notes. And I just, I, I don't know, man, it's weird. Cause I feel like, and I, I kind of hope that my craftsmanship still shows that I'm green, but still shows that like, I'm not like day one kind of green. 
what what does floor me is there are some guys and i will say when i say this next part you were not one of them uh is like who get mjf syndrome like they see mjf and the success that he's been was able to capitalize on very very quickly very early in his in a wrestling career forgetting the fact that like look at him he stays active in the gym he went from um brian myers and at create a pro to well to I don't know if I should mention the other place he went. Uh, other places in Jersey um, then got training with like Jake Crist and Sammy Callahan and even Cody Rhodes. And like he kept working and working and working and getting other people and continued like working on his physique and his in-ring ability and kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And people forget that part. And they're like, well, I, I'm, I've been in it two years. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. Like I should be signed now. And it's like, take a breath. Like you still have work to do. And in the meantime, do that work so you get the attention on you. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny because, like, I know, like, MJF is definitely a prime example. Um, who else was another? Chris Statlander is mm-hmm. another one that very short time just exploded on scene. But people really don't see that, like, there's a lot of work to put in. And if yeah. you're not willing to put in that work, don't act like you deserve the rewards because you're like, what she got that I don't got? Work ethic. That's what he's got. Right, right. <laughs> I find myself a ring president's personality sometimes. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. The ability to, to cut a decent promo on the fly and not even think twice. Like, yeah, he's got a lot of stuff going on for him. I, it's funny though, because like I noted that with a lot of people I've talked to that are, that are like, yeah, I've been doing this for almost, almost two and a half years. I'm like, Oh wow. Like, I don't like the way you said that at all. (laughs) Right. Right. And there are certain people that, and just by who they uniquely are, that are like when they say things like that or they say things like um when they try to act like they're the veteran in the room and they've been here a minute like not even a minute and it's like yes you might have something to add to the conversation but give the respect i mean and this is not saying this is like going into your job your workplace and like here is maybe shift leads and managers and supervisors and you're like trying to talk above them and talk down to them as they're trying to instruct something like, how is that, how is that appropriate? So I've seen that a lot. And, and, you know, I've seen where that's cost people opportunities because sometimes they don't know when to shut off that valve. Um, At two years in two can be that break or make period, because that's also when, you know, again, you've probably established a good base and now you're at that point of like, you're really trying to get your name out there. And so how are you relating yourself to other promoters and, and introducing yourself and getting yourself known and, you know, you're starting to push that envelope a lot more because now you have the ability or should have at least that basic level of ability to back it up. Yeah. So I'm curious, like in that aspect, right? Like, what would you like, where, where would you do or what would you do like in your, in, the, in your second year, right, that you were in? Like, what were you doing to like help getting yourself like established out there with like promoters and stuff like that? Let's see. Where, now I got to think where I was. So um, I at that point I was living in Northeastern Pennsylvania. I'd been trained in Maryland and my, and for context too, uh, the person who trained me was done. Like he had left wrestling, his promotion had closed, his school wasn't open. And it was like, so I didn't have like that base anymore. And so by that point I had found sort of another association of people to, to be with. Um, I started to get, uh, clinics at that point with a friend of mine that got work with OVW, um, uh, and and started had started that that period of networking. I was starting to meet other promoters and and network. Um, 
And that was really important, that networking piece of just how do you talk to other people? And no one really taught me. And then so in many ways, I had to learn from other people and, and sort of see myself. But no one ever really taught me um, in my beginning, how do you talk to a promoter? How do you say things to be like, hi, please book me? Um, and I, I, so I sort of had to work with some people on that. And I mean, I even got told no by promoters. And I was like, what can I do better? to to you know the next person and some people were very honest and some people you know left me on red and you know it was what it was and and i mean we're we're talking about the day i started when like i was still sending like physical materials to people through the mail like <laughs> it wasn't too much longer after that that we were everything was digital but at the same time like i was doing it that way um and it was very word of mouthy like you know how do people know you what is your associations and sometimes it was that good old boy network. Oh, well, I know this person and this person has a friend who's a promoter. And it was a lot of that. But even, even in the digital world, it still is a lot of that. And it's just leveraging it differently. Um, I don't, I, and it was much, much later before anybody taught me just how do I tell, like if I, if I have an event nearby, like I, I'm fortunate with MCW that we have a, a venue that's 25 minutes from my house. And I'm like, how do I talk to my neighbors about the fact I'm in wrestling. Can I? How do I get them to come? Um, and and no one ever talked talk, told me that. I sort of had to learn it as I went. Yeah, it's crazy because like I feel like that's where I like I'm at right now. It's like, all right, so how do I utilize like the platform that I've built up, and how do I reach out to those people that I've talked to? Mm-hmm. And I know I've talked to like a, a ton of different wrestlers, and anybody who full transparency. Uh, this is might be episode two of 201, but we have 204 episodes. You know, four of them haven't come out yet. They're still in the can. But, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that, like, um, you know, and trying to utilize the network and, and, and pull and push and grind and find out, like, who's connected to what. Because, like, the other problem, though, is that you find out is, and this was something that I just, I didn't know this was, like, a real thing. But if you work at one promotion you probably won't work at another one. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you would hope, right? Right. <laughs> um, and, and there's also a trap that people can fall into too. Cause it's like, we sort of have hinted to this. It's like believing your own hype, like, like having some grace in your brain to be like, this is how I talk myself up. At the same time, this is where I need to stay humble and quiet for a minute and listen. And and for some people, that's really hard because especially if they're starting to really put themselves out there, they ha- they have to convince somebody else that I'm good enough to be put on an event. And, oh, I'm only been here two years and I'm competing against people who've been in 20. You know, how how do I say, hey, you should book me instead of this next next person? Um, and sometimes some people believe that own hype that, that that as much as they're talking themselves up to this other person they start to believe it themselves and so that's like a trap that some people can fall into and so they have to be cautious about that road and knowing like okay i need to kind of stay here like i can i can show everybody hey look at the nice flashy car but really like i'm pushing it down the highway and they don't all see that part like to stay humble about it at least a little bit yeah and that's where like i i know like uh like we've gone through and I, I made my resume and I just refuse to look at it. Right. And then like every once in a while I'll go back and edit it, but I just won't read like everything else in the context. So I'm like, I know who I am. Like, I know like what I, what I can bring to a table, but the other part is 
I had to stop doing it. I had to stop like reading it because I would just I would degrade myself so much mm-hmm. that I actually went the opposite way and started like turtling up. I was like, no one's gonna book me because I'm stupid. Like you're not gonna read this. You're just gonna leave me on red. And uh, I had to like I had to I had to actually talk. I had to talk with Sicken, and Sicken was like, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> it's like it's like. He's like, I'm not going to tell you that you're the most amazing wrestler out there, but he's like, you're not as bad as what you think you are. He's like, you're always, he, the one thing he always tells me too, he's like, you always get hung up on like one or two things that happen in every one of your matches. He's like, but then like the whole match will be good, but then you're just focused about this. Oh, I didn't, I didn't do this right. And then Mm -hmm. you beat yourself up. He's like, you got to stop. He's like, you got to stop. You got to just know you put on a solid effort out there. I was like, I don't want solid efforts. I want great ones. <laughs> and and you know, you will always be your your most harsh critic and you should be. Um because that'll help you get better because you'll be reflective enough to learn. Um I'm trying to be cautious about what I, what, what uh, th- something that's popped in my brain is, you know, there's I know people who are out there who were in that same realm, like let's say in that 2 to 4 year span who are getting some opportunities to be looked at that are getting some of those tryouts or, you know, getting on AAW dark or being a, a developmental person uh, or a, a enhancement talent, as they say. And, and then they come back and they, they like bloated sense of self-importance and ego. And like, then they have a, an, a match and it's not as good as they were expecting it to be, but they don't put, they don't look at themselves to go like, okay, how could I have made that better? What could I have done different? They're like, it was just the worst, and that person, dot, 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 and that person, dot, dot. You know, they, they start turning away from themselves because they want to be, like, I'm the best. And it's like, think about this for a moment. And <laughs> why didn't this work? Like, Yeah, yeah. At least, you know, it's funny because I can go, always go back and, like, watch my videos. And I, I won't nitpick. I'll just look for, like, the glaring obvious things, and I'm just like, all right. And I can I can put that to the side because I know like there was a practice match I had, you know, and it was agent it was agented is that the word I don't know there was an agent for it yeah. <laughs> and he put the match together and it got super complicated and I remember got frustrated and it and it's something and people who are watching this like always remember this this is something that it's never if you're gonna mess up just when you're gonna mess up. And you're going to mess up. And I had to think about that because it was something else that he that Sicken had told me where he's like, it's not if you get injured, it's just when you're going to get injured because you're going to get injured. He's like, so in the aspect of wrestling, he's like, it's not if you mess up, it's when you mess up. And I feel like once he said that, like everything clicked over and I was like, oh, okay, well, I care, but I don't, if I mess up, I'm not going to harp on it. It's, it's going to happen. And I, it took that that word of advice for me to be like, all right, let's get into this. And so now, like, when I go and talk to promoters and stuff like that, like, I recently reached out to a promoter and I was like, hey, I used to be booked on your show. And then suddenly I just stopped getting booked. Was there something I did? Do a, is there something I could do to be better? Like, what kind of feedback do you have for me? And they were just like, no, we changed bookers. I was like, Okay. <laughs> didn't see that one coming (laughs) that happens and and you know at this point too the person who's two years in is starting to also see some of the realities of wrestling that they might not have expected or saw before um 
and are have because now they've started to really experience it. They've worked down with multiple people. Like they know the road is not always paved with gold. They they know that it's like not always, you know, the uh, not every promotion is this amazing spectacle with a plus caliber talent up and down the card, and and that not everybody has your best interest in mind. You know, that some people are looking out for themselves more than making sure you're also in a good place in the, in the ring too. So like you've started to learn some of those lessons. Um, and it's like uh, in, in my life uh, outside of wrestling, I, I, I work at a, at a school. Um, I work in higher education. And so I see those young adults, 18, 19 years old, like figuring things out, like, Oh, like this is like, this is real. Like this is what life is. And like, <laughs> Yeah, um, and they're starting to see those pieces, and and in many cases, and and you know, I I know that, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't say, I know in some cases for people in wrestling, they're in that same age group. They're they're at eighteen or nineteen or twenty, you know, and just starting out, and they're just a couple years in, and it's like they're just still learning the world, not just wrestling. They're learning like everything. They're learning how to be an adult, and and so I know sometimes pe- people forget that, and it's like, yeah, uh, um, I want to say it was, um, well. well Trent uh of best friends, uh Zach Ryder, and there was somebody else who I'm I'm forgetting, like basically started in the WWE when they were like 19. Like their first moment with the WWE was 19 years old. And I think Trent, especially in in one interview, was like, I had to like I like I don't know what I was doing. I was a 19-year-old kid, and I look back now and go, like, what? <laughs> like, and it's just like sometimes you have to go through it and experience it to then go back and understand it later. Um, and that's hard. That really is hard. Like learning without knowing that you're intentionally learning is also difficult. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, it's sometimes I feel like I, I, cause I'm at that point now where I'm just watching and I'm like, all right, obviously don't do that. <laughs> don't do this. Mm-hmm. And then you run into a wall and you're like, all right, I got to go left, not around or not through. Right. And it's, it's difficult. But then the other part of it is that like, there's this fear factor of like, trying to reach out to like your first promoter on your own or you're trying to figure out like what the road is supposed to be paved right because you could come up with all the plans in the world and you could tell your friends like yeah i'm gonna wrestle in like the plan for me this year at some point right is going to be at least wrestle in seven different states that i haven't worked in before right mm-hmm. that's that's the goal and by october i said it out loud uh to be on AEW dark at least once Right. That's those are those are those are lofty goals, but those are yeah. goals I still feel like are obtainable. But I still it's that nerve wracking part of knowing that you're going to hit that rejection. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm ready to commit to this just yet. <laughs> it, it's going to happen like it's going to happen. Um, I mean, I. I mean, it, it's funny because, like, you know, I've. I, having now had a lot of people I've known go through that experience or different experiences, different places. Like, and he, and when I say this next part, I'm going to say this person's name, like he makes fun of this. Like I remember when Bobby Shields had like a, uh, uh, he was on WWE television and he like trips over the ropes, um, like getting into the ring. And it was just like half nervousness, half positioning. It's a different, it's a very different ring style. Cause it's WWE has rope ropes. And, and especially on the Indies, many of us are used to like, metal ropes with some kind of uh coating on it so it was just a different experience and he like just momentarily tripped up and like he got ragged on for like six months because of that and it's like okay he learned like it's a thing that happened and so like it's they're not all going to be 
You're not going to hit every ball out of the park, but at least try to make contact. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that's something like I, I should be doing is just at least reaching out. Because you know what? At the end of the day, if like somebody knows my name or they've heard me, you know, and then they're probably going to go look for something and then see how I am. And, you know, or maybe one person's going to know who I am. And I feel like this podcast has kind of like opened up a lot for me. You know, because as far as like I've reached out all the way through, I don't know, out to California and up to Maine and down to Florida and into Texas. Right. So, you know, if you randomly walk and talk to someone in St. Louis in, in, in the area, like right. I have like these little connections and I feel like I networked well, but I'm just worried. because I would be like, hey, man, uh, yeah, I'm Cliff and uh, I just want to be booked on your show here's my footage. Tell me, tell me what you think. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. I feel like, okay, let me, this is probably the best example of it. I feel like a kid trying to go ask his girl, ask a girl to be his girlfriend for the first time. Like those kind of nerves. Cause mm-hmm. like when you get the first one and they're like, no, I bet I'm going to shoot for that one. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, th- and I find this in my per- my professional life, um, both in and out of wrestling is, you know, sometimes it is who you know, like, and so having some good associations and good people like you can help leverage you to get some of those other opportunities too can also be helpful because they'll help settle a little bit of that nerve sometimes of like, how do I talk to this person? Say, hey, guy, give me a job. Please pay <laughs> me. Um, and, and, and sometimes, and, I, and I've had to, tell this story to some other people lately when I've done some uh, done some workshops and seminars is like, you never know about the connections you build um, or the bridges that you burn, sometimes until years later, and, and how that could come back to benefit you, but then also by association, the other people who associate with you. Um, and, and that could be anything from, um, I want to be, be cautious about how I say this. Um, I, I had somebody about a year ago ask me, uh, about recommendations uh, for an opportunity on television. I won't say what company. And it was like, I didn't expect that, but he's like, and I think I even said to him like, oh, I didn't think you would, I'm surprised you asked me. And he was just like, well, I know you and you're trustworthy and I know you see talent. I know you see a lot of independence and I know you see know people who are out there. So that's why I'm asking you. And I'm like, oh yeah, makes sense. But if I had ever like turned and just been a solid jerk to him and there was an opportunity where maybe I could have been he, like, why would he ever want to associate with me? Um, and so like, that's part of it too, is, is you just never know that, that, that connection you make and what it means. Um, and I, I think I might've told you personally this once, but like uh, Killer Cross, when I had the opportunity to work with Killer Cross at Wrestling Revolver or Karrion Cross for those who might've known him in NXT and WWE, like, I just thought, like, oh, you know, cool guy. Like, I'm going to get to work with him. Like, oh, that's really cool. That's awesome. Like, I like his stuff. And then, like, actually started to talk with him. And, like, oh, wow, he's a solid he's a solid dude. And uh, there was uh, something that happened to a family member of mine. And he reached out. And, like, I didn't expect that. Like, I didn't think we had, like, a, that kind of relationship. And he was, like, you know, man, this is what it means. You know, you're going to be good. Like, this is what happens. Like, you know, I have your back. And I was, like, that meant, that meant the world to me. Because for no, he had there was no reason he had to do that. Um, he could just like liked my post and like you know gone away. Um, and 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 no, like and I'm like so like I honor that that relationship, uh, and I really do appreciate that. And again, you just never know what's going to turn around at the end of the day based on the connections you make. 
Yeah, you're right. And I and it's funny though because like the the connection, like our I'm gonna be honest, man, our relationship, our friendship, whatever you want, mm-hmm. our, I don't care what you call it, our ship. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I genuinely I genuinely <laughs> value them every time I see you. <laughs> Yo, yes. I'm like, how would you combine no, I'm not even gonna go there. I'm just gonna Philip Philip Philip. No. Philip. Philip. No, I don't like that. No. Phil? No, 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 no. That's just that's just one name. We're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> but I genuinely like I, I come to you like so often and I know like I, I genuinely use you as like a mentor and stuff like that. I'm always I feel like I'm always in your DMs just picking your brain and asking you questions. And like Sometimes it's cool. Sometimes you get invited to go play Among Us with some people that you never expected to be playing with. Right. Like the kid in me is just like jumping out of his skin, and <laughs> I'm no one can no one can tell because I refuse to turn my mic on because I don't want to defend myself. I'll just get voted off. I will. I will say on that on that game because there were yeah there were some people on there. Um, there was somebody else who I was like, oh, like, this is going to be a good fit. And I'm not going to lie. Like, there was kind of a, like, this could be a networking opportunity for certain people to maybe meet each other. And, like, and this one person intentionally in my brain, I'm like, he he is really going to benefit if he meets this other person. And for, fast forward a month later, and they and they did connect. And he said the same exact thing to me. He's like, I didn't have my mic on because I was a little, like, oh, God, what if I say the wrong thing with these people in here? And, like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, I was like, I, you know what? Defend. Nah, man. I'm just going <laughs> to go around and murk people in Among Us. <laughs> Not worry about it. But yeah, it's, it, and that's what I'm saying. Like these opportunities and connections, like you just never know where they're going to lead up to you. But in the same token, like I'm always afraid of like going back out and like reaching to that person too. Like, hey, like, do you remember me? Like, we, like we played Among Us. <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's cool though, because like like I said, using you and like talking to you and and like gaining all this like random knowledge and just like writing it down everywhere in my notebooks, like it's it's really benefited me and it's really helped me like grow as an individual in the sport. I just know like for myself, like I got to build up the confidence in me, and that's not something that anybody else can do. But to throw myself out there and be like, hey man, like book me, <laughs> yeah. And that'll come. That'll totally come. Right. So aside from just like reaching out to promoters and stuff like that, and maybe like a way like the attitude that they're carrying themselves with, or maybe lack of attitude they're carrying themselves with, like what are some of the other things that you look for like in that person that's like in their second year? Hmm. Um, well, so I'll, well, kind of in the development of wrestling too, like where is their skill level? And, and not just like in ring how are they showcasing their personality? You know, if they are ready for that next step, like, do they have gear that would make somebody want to hire them? Like, where are they? And and even how, like, how are they talking about themselves? Kind of in that same way of what you, you just said. And like, I take that all in. And especially when I know with certain people that they're going to turn around and then ask me for my opinion. Um, that I want, that... I, and this has been hard for me too, because it's a sort of a different thing for me is to be able to give critical feedback. Because um, there's that there was that time, like especially when people would first start asking me my opinions, and it was like I wanted to be the nice guy, and sometimes I wasn't critical, and so like then my then my feedback meant nothing because it gave nothing. Um, and so now I I've realized like 
I can't be the total 180 on that spectrum um, because then people will will disregard it because they're like, oh, that's too critical. Like, you're being too harsh. You're being a jerk for the sake of being a jerk. And I'm like, no. And so, like, now I have to, like, sort of disclaim it a little bit and, and just be like, well, I want to give you feedback, but only if you're ready for it. And, you know, if I write something down, if I write notes down, like, it is literally, like, train of thought I'm writing down as I go. Um, please don't take offense to it. It's not meant as that. It's just this was what was populating in my brain as I went. Um, and I remember somebody very recently did that. It was somebody I didn't expect. And I was like, okay. And they were like, Philip, no one actually will give me honest feedback. And I don't, I don't know what then I should do. And, and I gave them feedback. And this person was like, oh, my gosh. Like, no wonder I wasn't getting what I thought I was getting out of this. And no wonder this thing didn't happen. And I couldn't figure out why I couldn't get in the right position for this. Nobody has said this to me. And they, she really felt this person really felt like um, people just weren't being honest with them based on where they had been and who they were or by their associations. And so like, it's, it is a challenge then for some people who have been around a minute to also then be able to give that feedback. But it's also then based on what that person brings. So it is, it should be interactive. Um, like I, I, there've been people who I've directly said like, you know what, you have almost everything there. You honestly need different gear. <laughs> I wasn't saying that. Um, you <laughs> and, but like the gear you have right now fits, like it, it comes together. Like it fits who you are too. Cause there are some people who like, I started to do this one thing at, at a workshop one time because I was like, these are real, these were like maybe kids like six months to a year in mostly. And I'm like, I have this weird feeling that they don't know where they're at. And so I was like, I'm going to, I don't want you to tell me anything about your gimmick. I want you to like come out, do your entrance, do your match. And when I give you feedback, I'm going to tell you what I think your gimmick is. I'm going to tell you if I thought you were face or heel. I'm gonna, and I'm just going to, that's going to be part of the critique. And so, like, I wrote out, like, I can't remember the first person I did. And I was like, oh, yeah, I totally got you. You're this, you're that. You're like the bully older brother. You're this, this, this. And he's like, no, like, that, I'm supposed to be this other thing. And it's like, oh, well, this is what told part of that story, not just your behavior, your attitude, the, phys the physical way you even you dressed came off in this this particular way and he and he was like no like i was supposed to be this other thing i was supposed to be face and i'm like i'm like i'm not meaning it to be mean but if you don't hear it and take that moment of reflection to just go like where am i really you're not going to learn from it yeah i think that was something too i ended up learning um and that's why i'm still trying to like learn and adapt like how even my characters portray right because i was working I was working for a promoter, right? And uh, he wanted to see how I worked, but I was in just regular clothes. I was in, and it was a, a practice match. And he was like, I want you to act like this is a show, even though we know you're, you're, you're not in your gear, like act yeah. like this is a show. So I did, and I add my character and I add my own little, spin, I add my spin to everything I do. And uh, he was like, oh yeah, I totally got it. He was a heel. And uh, my trainer was like, did he do anything that was heelish? And he was like, well, no, but he just talked a lot. He was like, yeah, but he didn't do anything that was a heel. Right. Clearly he's a face. And I was like, to me at that point, I realized that one, and no disrespect to my trainer, second, no disrespect, 
but you're close to the project. So you know what to look for. Mm-hmm. However, this promoter <laughs> right. who has an outside view was like, no, 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 no. He is a heel because of this. Maybe it works in the sense that it's more of like a comedy kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And he's a comedy face, but it looks kind of a heel. And even things that I say or even things that are said for me, right, like at HWF, his height is 5'9 or 6'2, depending on what convenience store he's running out of. His weight for it. And he hails from the island of misfit toys. Like, that's, yeah, I could see why that would definitely come off as heelish. But then once people see me in the ring and see how I interact, they clearly can see, like, I'm more of a face. But, yeah, it took that kind of moment. And I was like, all right, well, what can I do to, like, still have this spin of a character but let people know that I'm this way? So, like, Mm -hmm. I think the tactical gear, obviously, because I was military and then the fact that I just talk a lot of trash and people can resemble it to Deadpool, like, I think that, like, helps a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... So, there, there is that thing about, about being a couple years in, about... Um, I, I, I'm thinking back at my time of being only a couple years in and, like, that, that, that gold paved road, like I see the road, like I'm going to go down the, it's, things are going to be great. There's going to be like a golden sunset and, and praise shall come upon me. And, and also had a, this weird mindset of like, it's sort of like when you go into an office job and you're like, the boss is the person who's right all the time because they have to be the one who's right because you're the one who works for them. Like a promoter is your boss. Like you, everything I say is gold and like that has to be the way it is and, and like move forward and ah, look at the, the, golden flowering sunset of praise sunset of praise and and then you realize like sometimes the promoter doesn't know what they're talking about either and and like in a nice respectful way you know how do you work with that and 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 get to a point where you can work with that um and i mean that's that's personality sometimes and that's hard to deal with i you know i still have that those moments sometimes now where it's like how do i make this make sense without being offensive but also like standing up for myself if needed or somebody else. And like, do you understand like why this works or why this doesn't work? Um, and, and I remember uh, about a year and a half ago, I was at a promotion and I was being explained like, okay, we're going to do this thing. This is why we're going to do this thing. This is what's going to happen. Um, uh, you're going to be involved in this match. Uh, this, this wrestler one is going to do this thing to wrestler two. And it's going to leave this like stone cold impression. And I'm like, no, it won't because the person isn't experienced enough to pull off stone cold. They're, it's going to make them heal. People are going to hate them, uh, hate them, cheer for the person who's the heel. And, and then like, yeah, it's just not going to work. And, oh no, no, that's not what's going to happen. We got this down. We totally got this down. And no, it didn't work that way. <laughs> it totally worked exactly how I said it was going to work and they didn't understand. And, and like, there were three people I remember there who were involved in the booking of that, of that moment. And they were all like, this shouldn't have gone off this way. The crowd reaction was supposed to be totally different. And like, we don't understand and we don't get it. And I'm like, she, she violently cheated. She attacked a face. Like this wasn't her being aggressive. This was her like turning heel. And so now she's a heel. Well, we don't need her to be healed. I'm like, well, then you got to figure your way out of it. Yep. 
<laughs> it's it's tough though, man, because like sometimes what it is is, you know, like I said, sometimes you just get too close to the project and you're just like, no, 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 no. We got to defend what we got going on because I know like and it's kind of cool too. And and I, I was thinking about this while we were talking about stuff like like I was asking somebody there was a new kid who who's been training. And uh, he was asking me, like, questions about, like, how to be a heel, like, what good heel tactics are and stuff like that. And uh, fortunately for me, like, I in my book, like, I have, like, all sorts of things that, like, people have taught me or told me and stuff like that. So I was able to give back that knowledge uh, a little bit to him. And the one thing that really stuck out to me, he was like, well, how come – and this was something that I, I genuinely I, – I had to stop and think about for a second, and I, I kind of want to bounce this off of you. So this is live. Um, so he was like, how come I don't get this stuff from my trainer? And I was like, do you ask? And he was like, well – no, I was like, well, and that's why you don't know. And that's why that's why he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. I was like, your trainer's not a mind reader, man. You gotta go and legitimately ask those questions and to get the answers that you're looking for. And I feel like that's where I'm at now too, is that like I've had I've had shows and I've had experiences with like a, a bunch of different companies. And so now it's like I'm not afraid of feedback, I'm not afraid of criticism. It's yeah. it's just I guess really just Kind of just asking people. It's almost like in a sales position, you're like asking for the sale. Mm-hmm. It's, it's similar. It's like, all right, well, let me get that. Let me get that feedback. What did you think of this? Was how this was going on? And it's tricky though because like I want to ask certain people, but I feel like certain people like credit credit to Sicken. He never sugarcoats anything. He's always going to tell me what he thinks. Mm-hmm. But I'm also kind of like I don't know. I don't want to say it's numbing because like I've just heard him talk to me and give me critiques good critiques right would you keep me giving critiques so i'm always looking for like somebody new to like give me something that i haven't heard yet or maybe they have second has said it i'm just looking for someone else to say it too so and it's not it's not i'm not trying to be mean about it but it's like i feel like like even if you were somewhere like at creator pro right and and brian myers myers was always giving you critiques right eventually i feel like you would get used to hearing critiques, even though you're you're interpreting them, you're understanding them. You still need an outside voice to tell you, like, "Hey, man, like you're doing this. Try this." And yeah. if, even though he said it, this person said it back, and you're like, "That makes sense." Mm-hmm. And and you know, not th- that one trainer is not equal to the next trainer. No one school is not equal to the next school, and that's that's the unfortunate reality of it of it too. Now, and and to be fair as well who knows if that person was a regular attendee of their, of their own training program too. Cause that's that, that falls apart. And at the same time, like, you know, the, I, I've, I've known, I've seen it. No, I, when I say this, like I have been around a minute. So like, I've seen every trick that people like to play when it comes to like getting ready for training. So like uh, the training schools that do like a cardio workshop before they start their training class and getting in the ring. Like I, I've seen the people who like, they know what time that happens and that they don't show up because traffic um until after the cardio has ended um or like oh this is the day we're gonna go street teaming and like there's always a reason why they can't do a street teaming or this is promo class day and worse than like any tryout opportunity i've seen people run from promo class like because they do, they're so afraid to be in front of people as the lone soul talking and having to address people directly and they're terrified by that and it's like this is part of it 
um you have to work through all of this because it's the whole presentation together um and that's to kind of even go back to the original question that's not some of what i'm looking for where where are those things coming together um i there are some people that i've known in wrestling for a lot for a while and and the worst thing i hate to hear is like ah tonight's gonna be an easy night because for some for the and one person in my brain right now it's like i know that means like they're they're just gonna do standard their standard stuff their five moves of doom they, they can like do this match in their sleep because they've have this weird formula in the brain they're not going to put effort behind it and it's going to show in the ring they're not putting effort behind it versus somebody who's who's younger who has fire and it's like i want to show more and i want to maybe show off i want to do better and i want to improve and i want to show like this is why i deserve to be here and why i deserve to be booked the next time too and by this other person too like i like watching somebody's potential more than i do sometimes somebody who's fully flushed out um because they they take their pedal off the gas a little bit and it's like no like you need to still be moving and like trying and going for it and then you know don't sit there and be like why am i not getting my next next opportunity like because you stop growing you stop trying to put effort or energy towards it why would somebody be interested in in that lazy guy like push yourself to always be doing the next thing yeah it's interesting too because like i was just talking to another friend uh about that right about pushing yourself and doing stuff and I was like, dude, like, I know, like, in my repertoire, there's, like, a whole host of things that are ready to explode out of it. And it's, like, you get told, like, hey, we're going to stick to, like, these kind of moves and not these ones, right? And certain times it makes sense, right? So sometimes, like, you're at a taping, right? And there's nobody in there <laughs> in there except for the boys. And you're in just, like, a warehouse, like. There's no yeah. there's no reason to do something crazy like a 450 splash or like a backflip off the middle rope, right? Because you're not really gonna be there. But if you're in front of a crowd, obviously pedal to the metal, all all you know, the accelerator got turned off and you just gotta go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's crazy because like I, I find myself like wanting to try new stuff, but also it's it's weird because I was just talking to another person about this as well that like on the other side of fear is ecstasy and you just have to take that leap of faith. And like, I find myself again, this is where like I'm at now with myself as like, not just growing, but just the fear of like, what's on the other side, what's going to happen. And, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I genuinely, now this is like a full conversation that we normally would have anyway. (laughs) Um, I genuinely find myself just stopping and just like, man, like I look at, I look a second and I'm like, Hey, what's the next move what should i be doing where should i be going and you know he's always like just go just try whatever and i'm like no (laughs) (laughs) right but it's tough it's tough it's 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 that fear aspect and again it goes back to like the whole dating scenario when you went up to that first person and you were like hey Will you be mine? And then you're just, you don't want to put yourself out there because you're afraid, like, you're going to get hurt. And after the first one, nah, (laughs) it's okay after that. (laughs) Well, like, and I'm the first one to admit, too, when I, as, as being super young in wrestling, like, I went through a training program and I walked out and not knowing for another six months, like, I don't know what match psychology is. (laughs) Like, I don't know what match structure really is. 
and and I say really because there's intricacies that you know somebody watching might be able to interpret some things, but like there's more intricacies that, to to it. And I remember like I I sat down with a friend and I was like, I know I'm missing something, and I I need to hear this. And like I feel like I have this and this and not this. And and so between that, and my friend, between going to different seminars and just like keep kept I kept working on it to be like where how does this structure to make sense because it's not making sense right now and I don't understand why it's not making sense and until I had like some of those like those nail holes filled in like oh that's what I should have been doing this entire time why didn't this person tell me the 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 correct way to, that I should have been doing this and and one aspect it was well because maybe that person wasn't credible enough to have been telling you in the first place and then on the other side of it too I didn't know what I should have known to ask the question um and so when I realized I didn't know enough, like you have to be brave enough to then be able to ask that question too. Yeah. I think that's where I'm just at. Like, I, it's weird how I'm like able to go over and talk to another person and be like, Hey, do you want to come be on my podcast? And yeah, I can't go back and be like, Hey, can you like super critically, you know, give me some real criticism and help me grow. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely it's definitely hard, but you know what's funny is that like I have a few people that like I know if if I went back to and I just said hey, you know like here's here's some things that I have going on like where do you think I should be at in my time, it you know they would they'd be more than willing to help out, but it's oh it's weird too it's weird to go back and ask those people because it's like some people I haven't talked to in almost two years because that's how long this show's been going on. <laughs> But I'm sure they'll be down to help. I'm not, I yeah. just I need to go out and just make those connections. Absolutely, and and that's some of it too. Is the the them seeing you come back and ask it, and and them seeing you still involved will mean something too. Um, you know, and again, me me meeting somebody brand new off the street that I've never met before. That's like, oh, I've been in two years and blah. It's like, okay, so now I need to learn you. But for somebody who's like I've seen grow and develop over the last two years, it's like. I really know that you what you should be doing next because I've been seeing you this whole time. Um, and what should you be developing into if I've seen the, the progression over time? And it's, again, those people that don't have that progression, that it's like, this is where they were at. This is where they're going. This is where they're at. And then, like, why why am I not signed yet? I'm like, because you're, you're still there, like you're not you you haven't increased you haven't gone up you haven't changed anything you haven't tried something different um you, you need to push it in order to get to that next space and none of you guys are going to find out how he critiques me when this ends because i'm going to ask him afterwards <laughs> well no <laughs> <laughs> i you know what full transparent i'll put it all out there i don't even worry about it someone's going back and be like oh wow like Look at Phil. He's just destroying this kid. Like, first of all, I'm 36. I'm kidding nothing. Right. <laughs> no, but all right, cool. I mean, I appreciate That's why I backed off comparing you to a 20-year-old because I was like, I'm you, old. You have life lessons experience. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if you've actually ever put your age out there. So let me be yeah. cautious. Oh, I, I think I have. I think I've on a few different because I've had people on the on the podcast that have gone out and said like oh, well, you know, like, I've been in the business for, like, seven years. I'm like, cool. How old are you? And they're like, oh, I just turned 24. I'm like, bet. Well, I'm 
Thursday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Like I, well, I remember being being because I was I was I wasn't well I I was um I had been working in the back before I got got trained. So by the time I got trained, like I was of legal drinking age, and 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 so like I, same kind of experience. Like oh yeah, I've been people my age. Like I've been working for seven years, and I'm like, did you start in like high school? Yeah, I totally did. And I'm like oh. Oh, <laughs> I feel out of this game already. Like, oh man, <laughs> when I talked to I, I forgot I one of the kids that was like training. It was like the second week I started training, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, oh, I can't wait till next week, man. I turned twenty-one. I was like, "Bruh, I was in Iraq when I was twenty-one. I was like, oh no, we on right. two different wavelengths." <laughs> now the oh now the oh no song is playing from TikTok. Oh yeah, it definitely. I was like, I was like, oh man, bro, you have no idea how hard the world's gonna hit you, but you'll yeah. get there. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I God love them, but like I have friends who've done tours of Japan, and it's like, wow, that's that's a pinnacle. That's like a dream that some people would ever have, and then they're living couch to couch on from different friends because like their focus has only been this and not to a level where they can move past that. And so it's like, there's a reality to what, what the energy you put in and what you expect to get out of it. Right. There really is. There really is. So we're going to transfer this over, man. And, and okay. we're going to talk. We're going to put, we put it out there. It's a game. Some of our people, our long-term viewers and listeners know it's called pin submit and DQ. We're going to play three rounds. Pretty much. If you guys know the game, you know, what, oh, what do they call it? Uh, kill Mary, kill Mary, fuck. It's kind of like that. Is what we're gonna do. We're doing three rounds though, and uh, you know, I just thought we'd start this off. I don't know with some dudes. Some people call them goons. Uh, but we're gonna put out there, Killian, Miles, Millennium, and AK Willis. Um. So, like, just to be clear, because like I want to understand, like, what you say, like. Am I pinning this person? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're, okay. totally, you're totally going over. Like, okay. You have to pick, like, between. But except for the DQ, like, I, am I, like I'm being DQ'd or, like. No, no, you're telling me. You're totally taking them out. Yeah, don't worry about okay. that part. DQ'd, okay. DQ. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, I've never met AK Willis. Um, so I'm going to pin AK. Because um, that seems straightforward. Get it done. Uh, I, I just want to tap out Miles Millennium. Like that little squirt deserves it. Um, and then Killian just needs a chair to the head a couple of times and it'll be fine. <laughs> so DQ, DQ Killian. Nice. So we'll take it over uh, and we'll bring it into, I don't know, Riot City. So we'll talk about it because I love throwing their names out there. So we'll go with it. Okay. Uh, Sicken, Jason Drake, and uh, Ron Holiday. Ooh. Ron also needs a good chair to the head. Um, so DQ Ron. <laughs> pin Jason. I have enough respect for Jason to pin him cleanly. Um, <laughs> sickened, sickened always teases the fact. And and when when he was younger in, in wrestling and and like we were all working out in a ring, um, that I would work with him on chaining and he's he is not the technical wonder. And he hated that because he's like, I don't, this is not my bag, bro. Like, why, am, why are you working on this? 
And one, it was because it was like, well, then let me help you with it. And then two, because I was seeing uh, some of his elders just because he was the smaller guy sometimes, like, I'm just going to beat you up. And, and, and like, no, like, teach him, like, help him, le- like, let him develop and learn more. And so, like, I would take him and, and I never told him that I would just be working with him. And then he said he recognized like one day because somebody was like, he, he had this emo- emotional reaction to somebody else going like, oh, this person is going to punch me in the face. <laughs> and, and, and he saw me like sort of grab him and drag him away. And he's like, I just see what Phil did right there. <laughs> so for that, I have to submit second. <laughs> I like it. Well, then let's take this. Uh, you know what? We're going to do a unique one for this one. We're going to do tag teams. Okay. We're do tactics for this one. So we're going to throw out uh, Pure Ignorance, Dog Nation, and then, of course, you know, Black Privilege. Ooh. Oh, this is hard. Um, I like all you guys. <laughs> um, I mean, with a name like Pure Ignorance, like, you just got to <laughs> put them in the place. Like, just, you got to submit them. You just have to. <laughs> just because of the name. <laughs> Um, dog there you go, Chaz. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, uh, black privilege would be a privilege to work, so it'd be a straight up match and it would be a pin. I think dog nation would be a fight, so there'd be a DQ involved. <laughs> well, there you have it. There's your three rounds of pin submit DQ. We should probably like get a graphic or something that just like comes across. <laughs> like three like kab- the kaboom pal Batman sixty six stars like yes. pin submit DQ. Tap. <laughs> I like it. Um, but yeah, all right, man. Well, just let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you once again. Um, so I've just relaunched uh, my indie wrestling party, which is an opportunity for me to showcase um, different talent, and different indie companies around the, really around the world, but of course primarily focused here in the United States. Um, you can find that every Wednesday at 10 p.m. on my Facebook page, uh, which is facebook.com/trustinphil. Um, all my social media accounts now are at trustinphil, so find me there. Um, this, uh, I'm not sure where when we're, when you're airing this, to be very honest. So. Um, if this is before the weekend of the 15th, you'll see me um, at Ignite Wrestling in Vero Beach, Florida. And then Sunday the 16th um, at Wrestling Revolver in Clive, Iowa. Um, so that's right. I'm going to Florida and Iowa on the same weekend in the middle of winter. Like, why couldn't I stay in Florida longer? Um, <laughs> uh, my, my booking agent needs a talking to. Um, and then uh, I have a lot of things coming up with like MCW Pro Wrestling. Uh, we uh, It's kind of funny in an you might have seen me distracted a couple times because people are shooting me other messages, and I'm like, I guess I got to respond to this. Uh, just about other dates and things. So MCW has multiple events that are going to be taking place over the next two months um, in a variety of different locations around the state of Maryland. Um, check them out, mcwprowrestling.com. Um, IWA East Coast is uh, out to open up a new school location down in Charleston, West Virginia, and I'm involved with them. Um, uh, Wrestle Pit in Pittsburgh. Um, which is ran by uh, uh, Lady Frost, who just made her Impact debut, uh, or televised, or paper, pay-per-view Impact debut. Um, and Savage Gentlemen run that company. Uh, Wrestle Pit has been awesome to work with. Um, just after they've only had one event so far, um, they were turning with their second event in February, and I'm really looking forward to it, because I just see 
like what I said about talent having this potential and like seeing this potential grow, like I look at WrestlePit and I'm like, something special is going to happen here. And it just needs that, that it needs growth and it needs that push and it needs that development. And it's going to become this really cultured thing. And I'm really looking, looking and very excited for it. Bet. Actually, I'm super excited about WrestlePit too. So, uh, you know, I could put my name out there on our podcast. You book me. Anyway. So, Maybe you should bring like Savage Gentleman and Lady Frost on the podcast and just have a conversation. And you know what? Maybe you know. Maybe I will. Maybe I. Will. You know what? We'll talk more about this after after the podcast <laughs> because we're gonna take this home because this is the Three Count Podcast presents now entering the ring two hundred one and you know that's what I said. I'm your host Clifford Red Dogma, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. That's right. You can call me your Sherpa, but it's never about me. It's about who's into the ring because you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it better than you can. And that's why I trust in Phil. That way. That way. That's how you point. So trust in Phil because he's the man with the plan and the guy that can get you anywhere you can. So you guys know what to do. Tune into the next episode and be there or you just wait for this episode to end. You wait for that outro and then you choose another episode. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. Well, what I really want you to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give us a subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast and in there you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us the support, please.